Imagine suddenly without warning being forced into quarantine so you don't contaminate your family. Imagine suddenly without warning, you no longer have access to your normal emotional comforts. Imagine suddenly without warning, you have to give it to yourself. Imagine suddenly without warning, you go from invincibility to sheer panic in one week. This is my story on how coronavirus saved my life. How Coronavirus Saved My Life, Episode 9, The Synchronicity. My plan for this episode was different. I was going to talk about healing properties of crystals and synchronicities of numbers and all kinds of things. However, in the past 24 hours, I have been receiving rage texts from my mother. So it's important for me to be able to tell people about this so that they can possibly learn from my experience through this journey. When you start working on yourself and start getting spiritual and going through your journey, it is not rainbows and butterflies all the time, although those moments are very spectacular. How you get to the rainbows and butterflies is you first have to go to the dark. My inner child right now is screaming. My inner child right now is angry. My inner child right now is hurt. And it is very challenging for me right now to not want to scream at her, reply back, you know. But I will tell you this, it is not your job to make somebody understand your truth. Let me repeat that. It is not your job to make somebody understand your truth. My job is to be understand my own truth and be comfortable with my own truth. Comfortable with my own truth. And right now, I feel uncomfortable because it is not a great feeling, feeling angry and hurt and rejected and screamed at for no reason. I will say this, it feels damn good to honor my boundaries. I first got a rage sex 24 hours ago at 2 in the morning. It doesn't matter why or the details or whatever, because all that's petty and stupid. But the rage check started 24 hours ago. And it was came in at 2 in the morning, and I didn't read it till like the next day, later in the afternoon. My first reaction was to reply back and, and tell her this, you know, but I stopped myself, took some breaths, put my hand on my heart sent her love and light, and genuinely did it with a smile. I really just sent some love and light to her, to myself as well. And then a few minutes later, I get a nicer text. And I was like, oh, okay. Because we are, everything's energy. So if you're going to react with anger, even hurt, you're going you're gonna to get a response that's most likely going to reflect that same energetic thing. So... I felt, you know, better. Um, but then they started coming again. Because <laughs> she did not like an answer. 
she did not like I'm perceiving as me setting a boundary with her. You don't owe anybody an explanation about anything. If somebody's asking you something and you say, this is not a good time for me, you don't continue to <laughs> try to cross over that boundary, one explanation, demand, and then when you don't get your demands met, then just start screaming at somebody. So right now my inner child is pissed, anxious, and really not feeling safe. So whenever we have trauma as kids, and traumas are all different things. They're not just some big, you know, gesture. They're little things. They're, they all add up. It's emotion not being validated, um, feeling ignored, and screamed at, you know, those slamming cabinets in the kitchen every day after you get home from school, those are little traumas that add up. For the longest time, I could not figure out why do I start feeling so anxious around three o'clock? And then one day it hit me. That's when my mother started her rage in slamming the cabinets. So once you have awareness, then you start working through it. There's nothing in this world that says you need to have a relationship with your parents. There's nothing in this world that says that. Your relationship, the most important relationship, is within yourself. You cannot rescue, save anybody if you can't do it for yourself. I have recognized these small little codependent um, things that I've done for people my whole life. Something simple as buying something off of Amazon for someone because you think they might like that. Codependent behavior. If, you're not, if your needs have not been met yet, you feel frustrated, irritated, overwhelmed, but you're going to go buy something off of Amazon for someone, codependency. And it's interesting to start recognizing that stuff within yourself. Because once you start recognizing it, then you can stop and go, what are my needs? What are my priorities? And in fact, when you go and rescue and do all these things for people, you're actually stunting their own personal growth. People need to have struggle because that is where the healing and the growth comes from. So all of these memories <laughs> are coming up for my mother. I know I talk a lot about my father. And I've had some really, really um, heavy-duty, you know, epiphanies about him. Last week I didn't even record an episode because I was really struggling with something and it was really important that I needed to put my needs and self-care and healing first. So I was having this thing where it was just, I was just crying for a week. And I had this thing where I was like, I've never had a man put his arms around me and tell me it's going to be okay. And not just a man, my father. And so I have not realized that I have subconsciously been searching for that through relationships. And so I'll put a man on a pedestal. And then they disappoint me, and then I'll, like, sabotage a relationship. 
because they didn't do the thing that I never received. So the thing that really was part of the epiphany was was talking to a friend of mine about this, who was a male that I trust. And he told me, sometimes the thing we don't see is right under our noses. He told me, you never received that as a child from your mother or your father. And you never will. The thing that you needed will never happen. And so then you're like, what? Well, damn, now what? He was like, you're like Alice in Wonderland. You just walk with it. And knowing that, I released and felt so free because now... I can just let, if I'm in a relationship, I can just let that person be the person. There's no longer this pedestal, emotional pedestal that I'm putting them on. Once you have awareness of things, it is so powerful. And you find that power within yourself. That is a fucking gift. So, after I was free and felt light and like, wow, right, great. Um, I said to myself, you know, I've really been focused on a lot of my father issues for, man, four to five months. And I said, I guess I'm about ready for the mother stuff. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> so my mother, as I've said before, has always been stubborn, tough, and bitchy. I didn't even want to have kids, have a child, much less a daughter, because I was so scared I was going to be like her. And I discovered I really wasn't, and I do come from a place of love. The thing with my mother is that it's very um, strange, and I don't even know how to explain it or what the feeling is. It's, I guess, confusion or why. My, my inner child wants to know why. But I don't have anything in common with her. I have nothing in common with her. Maybe my perception will change later. Maybe it's a um, armor for myself to not be anything like her. But really, I just I don't enjoy being around her very much. Her relationship comes with an emotional price and that is not honoring my boundaries so it's very strange <laughs> but you know I'm having memories of like being in ninth grade and she told me that I could have an end of a school year party in ninth grade and I'm not talking about a get-together I'm talking about I had a whole bunch of friends over the house, and she was serving them all screwdrivers, getting wasted, paging over the intercom. We had this, like, intercom system in our house, you know, paging, you know, my male friends to the bar and giving them screwdrivers. And then I had another party. I mean, she always let me have these end-of-the-school-year parties, and they just got more and more crazy the next year. We were all drinking. I don't even think she was there at some point, but, um, you know, people were doing LSD and sitting on the roof of this house. It's like a steep roof. And like one of my friends was trying to get off the roof and she ended up stepping into a bush that she thought 
you know, because she's on acid, that she could step on and hop off of. Well, she ended up going right in the middle of the bush and scratching her back all up. It was horrible. I think she had a sunburn, too, on top of it. Um, so, you know, no boundaries. My mother does not know what boundaries are. And when you set them, it provokes anger in her. I'm not sure why, and I guess it's really, it really doesn't matter why, because she can, that's her own journey if she wants to figure it out. But one party I had, um, she was there, and she ended up having sex with one of my high school male friends. And how I found out about it was I had two friends of mine pull me in a bathroom during the party to tell me they just walked in on my mother having sex with my male friend. I mean, he was a teenager. And I already had my own shame and my own mixed feelings about life and who I was and was I worthy and all this. And then I have that. And now I have the gossip of my mother having sex with one of my friends. And I think that was like sort of the um, pivotal moment where I really was like, I can't do this anymore. This is, I'm exhausted. I need help. And that's when I reached out to my aunt and started going to individual therapy as a teenager. And then I really was craving my mother's love and understanding. And she agreed to come to a few counseling sessions and she could not understand why I was upset about her having sex with my male teenage friend. She told the counselor it really wasn't sex because he did not ejaculate. That's so crazy. I could never imagine um, doing that, A, to my own daughter, and then coming from that place is just wild. And then after that, we no longer went to family counseling because she said the counselor was teaming up against her. And she was driving, and she had to pull over and was bawling her eyes out saying, I'm so happy, I'm so happy, as she's, like, hysterically crying. It doesn't make any sense. Like, that's so confusing. <laughs> Somebody who was hysterically crying but saying they're so happy is the weirdest, <laughs> almost psychotic thing, right? So at that moment, I, I'm pretty sure I was like, this person will never get it. Um, and I, I I'm think that was one thing. I was like, I will never get the thing that I'm seeking from her, an apology or an understanding or an explanation. It was no accountability. And I think that's part of where my anger and hurt, my inner child's, where it feels like it's not safe, is because there's no accountability, which equals not being validated, which equals your perception isn't true. But the adult me knows that shit was crazy and twisted. And I tell my inner child that I'm safe, you're okay. I've got you, I'm protecting you, I've got you, and I'm protecting you. Life is crazy. It's crazy when you seek 
I, I am seeking my mother wounds to come up. I'm seeking it. I'm ready. And I guess that's synchronicity. It's not a coincidence, right? <laughs> she, it's so strange when, you know, I lost my father um, two months ago. And not once has she said, how are you doing? Do you need anything? Her only question has been, how did your dad kick the bucket? I, it's, blows my mind. <laughs> but I will tell you, there is nothing that says in my entire body and being that I need a relationship with this person. Why do I need or have to? If I need or have to do anything, that is my ego. That is my ego screaming. I don't have to do anything with that woman. I don't have to reply to her text. I don't have to give her any explanations. I live in my own truth. And it is my job for myself to be comfortable with it. It is not my job to make her comfortable or anyone else with it. Because when you're doing that, that's just coming from a place of trauma. When you're trying to explain things, when you over-explain a hundred things. If, if she were to say, I'm sorry, that would be like um, rockets in the sky. She'll never say that. She'll never take accountability. And so I told her, do not contact me anymore. <laughs> and her response was, okay, bye for now. Have a good night. <laughs> if, if my daughter had told me, you know, you're not honoring my boundaries right now. You're not respecting my boundaries right now. I would ask, I would ask my daughter, will you please give me an example? I'm sorry. Like, I'm, you know, I would ask. But <laughs> I wouldn't tell her, have a good night. Bye for now. <laughs> like, what is this? It's so strange. <laughs> so I will say that immediately when she was sending the, these last series of texts, my, my hands started shaking so hard. Like, I couldn't even hold the phone. And I was just like, I got to put it down. The thing is, is like, us as humans, you know, when we're in childhood, our brains aren't developed. But our bodies hold it in. My neck immediately started hurting. My back started hurting. I started getting all this tightness in my shoulders and back. And as humans, we have our intellect and brains. So that gets in the way of things. But our body holds that stuff. If you look at, like, animals, they usually don't have that problem. Like dogs, like, like my dog earlier was barking at the neighbor's dog. And she immediately started shaking it off. And she's good. She's fine. We hold it in our bodies. We hold it everywhere. All over. And so what was happening when she sent that those texts, I started go. my brain was releasing chemicals, but childhood chemicals. And all of the things that I experienced as a kid just started, it was just, <laughs> came up. And I started shaking. I put the phone down and I just started walking and like shaking my hands out and shaking my arms. There are many different ways to release trauma. You know, of course, I was crying and I just kept saying release, release, you know, because we at first I wanted to fight it and tense up. And I was like, release, release. And um, I started walking around, dancing a little bit. There, 
the thing is, is that we, again, hold it in our bodies. So if we're sitting and we're talking about whatever the trauma is, we're, we're still holding it in. It's important to like walk and move, dance, cry, laugh. I laugh a lot. Laughing is a release. Taking breaths, those kinds of things. Move that shit out. So if you're like talking on the phone with a friend about some shit, some, someone did whatever, walk around while you're doing it at least. Or if you're with a friend, go for a walk and talk about these things because you're releasing, you are moving that energy out of your body. When you release things, you make room for the good stuff. And that's when you have manifestations.